Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's daily podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. Hi, this is Rahul Reddy. Today is April 6, 2021. Reddy NMNPC does conduct Zoom conferences every single working day. For those people who are in the Zoom conference, if you want to ask any questions, you can raise your hand and you'll be announced with your name to ask a question. For those people who are uh, listening to this in the other media, you can check our timings at rnlawgroup.com so that you can attend the Zoom conference to ask live questions. Leo? Yeah. Madan? Namaste, sir. Namaste. So this is a question regarding uh, the uh, I-140 downgrade and EAYS that uh, mm-hmm. uh, we applied uh, recently. So mm-hmm. when we are converting the I-140 to a premium processing, yes. is there a chance of an RFE asking the payroll versus prevailing wage uh, equivalency uh, for, the la- for the past four to five years? And is there a risk of denial in case the prevailing wage doesn't match the salary uh, that is being currently paid. The RFE will not be issued on that. The prevailing wage, what your company is telling is after you get the green card, not right now. So let's say if the prevailing wage is $120,000, you're only getting $100,000. That's not a question. The question they will ask is whether the company has the ability to pay the prevailing wage. To prove that, there are a couple of different things. One, they're already paying you the salary. If they're paying you a salary, you'll get your I-140 approval. But if they are not paying you the salary, let's say the prevailing wage is $120,000, but you're only getting $100,000, then does the company have the ability to pay? So then they look into it. Does the company has $20,000 profit every year? Okay. They will look into it. Then the oh. question comes in sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, the USCIS will also ask question with regards to, hey, you filed 100 people. For the 100 people, show me the ability to pay, including mothers. Then we have to go back and say to each and every employee, they are made, the, the prevailing wage is $120,000. Then we'll do the subtraction. You know how to do the Excel sheet. Right. And then we tell them they have the capacity. If by any chance they don't have a capacity, we go to the company, hey, we draw all these minus guys because they're going to ruin your company. And then there is a strategy for it that the company will adopt to get those things approved. Okay. Okay. So in case, uh, in case something of that sort, God forbid, in case something of that sort happens and uh, the- My question to you, my, my question to you is, yeah. it's better any of that sort should happen right now okay. rather than six seven, or two years or three years down the line. Okay. So I have no reason to tell, you have to do premium processing. I don't know why people are fearful about 
If you're going to get an RFE, you're going to get an RFE. If you're going to get the denial, you're going to get the denial. It has nothing to do. It's going to expedite the things, which is exactly what you want. Right. So, so in case, uh, say, for example, um, uh, in case the down, downgrade is uh, filed as an amend, and uh, and this premium processing with this premium processing default that particular 140 gets denied then uh, can i uh, fall back onto we my have regular to, it's, we, i have to look into the denial i have to look into the rfe to see how it's going to be denied i have to look into the denial there is a chance that the denial may impact your original application but it looks there are a lot of circumstances that it has to match so i'm going to limit the people to one question guys and here or maybe two questions not more than that Let's go to the next person. Reshma. Hi, Rahul. This is Reshma. I have two questions. One, I have filed my uh, I-140 under EB2 and got approved long time ago, recently downgraded to EB3. I mm-hmm. want to know how important it is to do premium processing or leave it as it is under regular processing. It is important. I don't know how to say it's important. I don't understand why you want to live in this limbo for the next one and a half year. The other thing is that your your 485 may be approved if your I-140 is approved, but if your I-140 is not approved, they cannot approve your 485. Yep, makes sense. And the second question is, how early do we need to submit the medicals? I've already taken the medical uh, documentation. Do I have to immediately submit it or wait for it? And how long is the medical valid once we take it from the doctor? Once you take it from the doctor, within 60 days, you're supposed to submit to the USCIS, not afterwards. Okay. Then the medical will be valid for two years. Okay, once submitted to USCIS. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's go to the next caller, please. Thank you. So uh, I'm in the situation wherein, uh, so my I-140 uh, was downgraded from EB2 to EB3 in the month of October. And then uh, uh, February, uh, you know, in the month of February, attorney filed a premium processing for I-140 and then initially it was rejected. And then subsequently after 30 days, it was accepted. But uh, I don't know if it was a mistake made by attorney or uh, or it was done with a purpose. So attorney has put a latest job position in the I-140 uh, uh, with the promotion that I've got. But the job description is exactly the same as uh, the original poem. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, so USCS sent out an RFE uh, pointing out that the job position is not the one that's in perm and uh, they're asking for additional uh, evidence on uh, proving that, whether it's a oh, that's just a, they can They can always correct. That looks to be a correct clerical error to me, according to me. They should mm-hmm. be able to correct it, saying that it's a clerical error. The job position is actually, let's say, for example, software developer instead of software architect. There was an error that we did it. Everything else, job description, job title, everything is good. Uh, then they correct the error and then respond to the RFE. That's a better way of doing it. Okay. So the attorney is asking uh, to uh, provide similarities between positions, all of the documentation from me. So which you think is not uh, the ideal way to go about No, I would still, I would still, um, even though I say that it's a clerical error, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to answer the rest of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the the current position for which you are doing does not have to match with the I-140. What they're telling is that the future position will be that. Mm-hmm. So let's say you are a software developer. They filed a labor certification software developer. Now you're a software architect. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you don't have to say the similarities between your current job and the software developer. You need mm-hmm. similarities between the software developer and the future job once you get the green card. Okay. Do you see my point? So yeah. for example, if they filed as a software developer, can you now work as a lawyer like me and then still get the green card? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you can. Now, are there any similarities between software developer and lawyer? Absolutely nil. Lawyers don't do mm-hmm. the software, other things. So you don't have to show the similarity, but the future job should still be software developer. You see my point? Okay. Uh, so in the I-140, she mentioned uh, in, in your example, right? Tom was filed as a software developer, but the mm-hmm. I-140, downgraded I-140 was filed with software architecture. That's exactly, that's a clerical error. I would say that's a clerical error done by us mm-hmm. and respond to the RFE. I'm not going to now defend the software architect. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you, But I, mm-hmm. I, still, I still will answer the rest of the thing. Oh, it's a clerical error, approve it. Now that's not the way it works with immigration. I'm going to mm-hmm. describe saying that, look, it is a clerical error for that. The job description will be the same once this gentleman gets a green card and the employer certifies that they are still willing to hire as a software developer with the same job description once you get the green card. Now, with regards to the current job description, is irrelevant right now because you may mm-hmm. be working as a lawyer. As long as you have the H1B for lawyer, it doesn't matter. Okay. 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 Next person. So yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Mahendra. Hey, Rahul. Um, I have a quick question now. now. Basically, okay. my priority date is uh, Feb 2030. So mm-hmm. I moved on different, different companies. I moved to a new company last year around March. And they said like they're going to file my GC uh, within six months due to the layoff they didn't start it. So they're just going to start my PWD. So based on your um, uh, things, last videos, you are saying like 18 to 24 months, it takes whole process to get I-140. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at different options, how we can, because in case the dates move in October 2021. What I got, what, what is the different options that you're looking in to expedite the green card process? No, basically I reached out to um, uh, the consulting company. So they, they are okay to start the peer, the perm directly on based on my uh, role. So if I- So you, you, you found a company that has advertisements and everything ready yes. to file a perm application. Yeah, yes. that's up to you. I mean, yeah, you can move if you want to. So nothing wrong with it. This particular company that you joined in March of 2020, it's been one year. They haven't done anything. And even if they do it, it may take a long time to get it. It's uh, strategically, it may be ideal for you to join that company, that consulting company. Yeah, but my thing is, I don't want to go. Uh, I don't want to be leave the full time job. So they they asked me to uh, internal do the internal project based on the concurrent H one B. It is it it will cost anything once the dates move in. So you're going to work for company A and company B, but is there a project for the internal project? Uh, yes, company B or whoever is going to do the perm directly. So yeah, they you can you can do you can work do, you can work both jobs, company A and company B. I don't see any problem in there. You're making more money and I see very good step for going for the getting for the green card. And okay. you can have both labor certifications going at the same time. 
yeah when the dates move in so there is uh, do i need to work with the only company company b that time no not required not required you can still no be working with company not required you can still be working with company a and company b and you can still file the adjustment of status because your h1b allows you to work for both the companies so there is nothing you don't have to join you don't have to leave company a and com- join company b okay okay next Thank person you. please Ashkan? my question is regarding the uh, if an employee if an employer applies for the base green card for an employee let's say in the mm-hmm. software industry okay uh-huh. and everything gets approved the perm gets approved the i140 is approved the green card is approved mm-hmm. how long after the green card has approved can that employee go to an employee b in a completely different industry in a profession that can even go as extreme as let's say flipping burgers one day one day one after day. the i140 after you get the green no 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 one day okay. after the green card is approved the actual card Oh, you don't need to get the card. Even if you get oh. an online thing that your green card is approved, the green card might take 20 days. Sometimes even it may take three or four months. The day the 485 is approved, you leave the profession, you flip a burger, you're perfectly fine. No problem with it. And the and job all... offer needs to be there all the way until you get the green card. That's it. All the way up until I get the green card. And then as soon as the green card is there, I can flip burgers. You can flip burgers or be a Microsoft CEO. and uh, just to follow up on that just uh, to be uh, be uh, clear on this is there any issues with switching the job so fast in terms of citizenship in the future or green no. card extension nil nil zip you may ask the question that when you search the internet there are some things that pop up on there mm-hmm. saying that oh there were some problems in it the law in 2001 has changed on this Mm-hmm. previous to 2001 though there are some things if before you get the green card if you switch the employer there are some implications because of that on the internet you find a different things no problem none whatsoever at all if you move on the one day after you get the green card as long as you prove that you were working in the similar profession until you get the green card you're good let's go to the next caller please thank you supalanchi hi thanks all for taking your time um my parents b2 visa extension got denied with the reason saying the payment was incorrect however i paid whatever it's mentioned on the uss website uh, my question is um, actually i got the receipt notice after my uh, couple of days ago and now my i94 is expired my question is do they have to leave it immediately or will they have a 30 day buffer time or will there be any impact to existing visa can we apply uh, did you file online or did you file how did you file it by mail um how much you paid the fees though did you pay the 85 dollars also you did not yes 540 dollars with an application fee and 85 plus 85 370 plus 85 plus 85 uh, how much you said 375 370 plus 85s right 370 okay. plus 85 plus 85 total 540 so they took the money no they returned it back uh, saying did you file did you did you file two i539s or one i539 two i539s no did you filed one i539 and one supplement or two i539s oh is there a supplement i filed yes. two i539s with that is a wrong fees then 
that is the wrong fees if you you should file 539 and a supplement that's when you add 85 dollars otherwise if you're filing two i539s you have to pay the entire fees again that's the reason why they rejected your application now coming to the point though um they are considered to be unlawful status because they are unable to expire according to you yeah. uh, they have to leave the country as soon as possible number 1 number 2 okay. is that when they come back when they are trying to come back from india mm-hmm. they should not use the same visa even if the visa is valid for the next 6 years they should not use the visa they should apply a visa again get the stamping and come back because once a person is unlawfully present in united states for one single day their passport visa will become invalid they are not supposed to come back into the country with using the same visa got it okay and it okay. to reapply again now extension no no don't don't reapply i want yeah. them to leave as soon as possible next okay. person please amar thank you all hi hello rahul uh, my name is amar um yes, i work for a healthcare company and uh, mm-hmm. i recently got promoted as a february 1st effective date uh, mm-hmm. i had a question on that one so my promotion uh, is from an, an ad- analytic advisor to a senior analytic advisor and most mm-hmm. of the job duties remain with a few uh, supervisor I mean, uh, leadership like presentation those things but most of the things remain same so my mm-hmm. question is should i do i need to apply for an amendment to my green card process i have my 140 approved i believe i believe that is natural progress in the job natural progress in the job i believe that yeah. and if you your employer and you believe that is a natural progression in the job that is fine you don't need to file an amendment okay if you were to move from this analytical to senior if we were to move to a lawyer position i do not think that is a natural progression in the job it is a different profession so at that point of time you would require to file another i140 that is my opinion but do you and your employer agree with the natural progression if you both guys agree i think so you are fine you don't need to file an amendment even though the designation has changed from advisor to senior you told advisor. me you told me okay. that but still in the similar field of area similar profession you're not moving into a civil engineer you're not moving into mechanical engineer still in the same area so i don't see that is a natural progression according to me next person for h1 h1 is a little bit different than that of the green card though uh-huh. um there the borderline is a little bit the gray area is a little bit smaller there here it's very big though um what is the increase in the salary though uh, about about percentage wise uh, about uh, 18% yeah i think so you may have to file an amendment that's okay. i have to go into more detail that is just my preliminary opinion okay okay next Thank person you, please modi uh hi rauzar thanks for taking my question my question sure. is my question is if prevailing wage of my green card which is in eb2 is 110000 and mm-hmm. if i want to downgrade to eb3 mm-hmm. and making 100000 mm-hmm. legally it is allowed to downgrade 
if you want to downgrade using the same labor certification or you're going to file a new labor certification same same certification if you're using the same labor certification the same labor certification has the prevailing wage if the company is not offering that minimum wage after you get the green card not right now after you get the green card and they're not willing to offer you that after you get the green card you will have to file an entire labor certification new labor certification i am talking about my existing labor if the prevailing wage is 110 and i am making uh-huh. now 100 100000 it is not how much you are making that is irrelevant though okay how much will they be offering you after you get the green card it doesn't make any difference before it doesn't make any difference before it okay. may make a difference with regards to the ability to pay by the company whether the company has the they are not paying you 110 they are only paying you 100000 do they have the extra 10000 dollars in their pocket to pay you will be questioned but it's not whether or not you're going to get the green card mostly the company will have a profits of 10000 hopefully so every year then that will sufficient it doesn't matter you may be making only 80 but if the job offer is 110 that's fine they must be offering that salary after you get the green card okay one more quick question that is mm-hmm. uh, my priority date is uh, 28th november 2015 eb2 mm-hmm. should i keep quiet mm-hmm. you mean to say would you file an eb3 application right now and convert it should i file or not or should i keep quiet as yeah, things are um, moving further yeah, right i got the is your company willing to file the eb3 application what did they do in october of 2020 for the other fellows of your company if they have downgraded and filed it in adjustment of status i will keep quiet i will not do anything once the priority date coming they did for them they will do it for me okay okay but if they are if they have given trouble to the other people uh oh they may come to me for trouble so you may be you know wanting to change or do so do any activity right now rather than when when it comes to october but if they have done for the other people i will not do anything keep quiet and do nothing next person please thank Adho, you namaste uh, namaste rahul garu uh, namaste i downgraded my uh, eb2 to eb3 in the month of october and mm-hmm, of course uh, march march 2nd uh, i got uh, uh, fingerprints and uh, waiting for my ed card uh, mm-hmm. right now i am following you from the last 10 months and i am really a uh, thankful to all uh, suggestions to you so mm-hmm. with that i'm trying to upgrade my i140 to premium processing mm-hmm. uh, but i have a uh, aging out kid uh, uh, january uh, 2022 so right now i already i got 6 months of time so that time got into the next year 2022 july, july. so oh, my priority okay. date is my priority date is uh, 2012 march 13 so i'm planning is it good way to i would not do premium processing for you okay. i would not suggest okay. premium processing for you even okay. though i may be predicting and the visa department is predicting the final action dates might move don't trust me remember okay. i went wrong 10000 times wrong and that is a lie actually it's much more than that i have evidence to prove that so no unless the final action date becomes current okay don't okay. trust anybody on this one Next okay. person, please. Hi, Shri. Hi, Rahul sir. I have a doubt. Um, uh-huh. Go ahead. I am currently on a H four uh, visa, and uh, uh-huh. 
uh, I have my biometrics schedule on April 20. Uh -huh. And I uh, I am planning to enroll myself in an associate degree in a community college. And I yes. want to go to India. And in case if I go to India, uh, should I have to, you know, apply for an uh, F1? Or can I come back on a H4 and uh, do my community college course? On, H on H4 visa, you can mm -hmm. do a community college. You don't need an F1 visa to enroll in the college. I personally, when I was on H4, on mm -hmm. H4, I did the community college too. I learned computers at that time. Okay? okay. So you don't need anything. The number one. Number two is that if you go to India on transferring to the F1 visa, there is a good chance that they may deny your F1 visa because they may mm -hmm. feel that you are permanently going to stay in the United States. That is not a problem for a H1B, that, a H4, but that is a problem for F1. So if I were you, I would just do, go to community college. No problem for you. I personally myself went to um, uh, mainland community college when I was in H4. Nothing has changed from there to right now. Okay. Okay. So can I stay here, uh, stay here and enroll myself in a community college and then Absolutely. go back to India and then come Why are you going? and continue my studies? Yeah, you're just going to visit it, right? Not yes. for the purpose. Yes. Absolutely. You can study, you can go to mm -hmm. India and come back and H4. If they find out that you're studying, will that cause any problem? Yeah. No. Okay. no. Okay. As long as your husband is the same, no problem. Sorry, yeah. just joking. Okay. <laughs> Next person, please. Pranav. Thank you. Uh, hi, Rahul. This is Pranav. Uh, this yes, question, Pranav. Yeah. Hi. Uh, this question is about my wife's H4 EAD. Uh, uh -huh. The date for my wife's H4 EAD is 1st of October 2020. Uh, mm -hmm. It was at the Texas Service Center. It is for both mm -hmm. H4 and H4 mm -hmm. uh, Six months, uh, uh, her biometrics has been completed like two months back in mm -hmm. the month of February. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I'm trying to expedite. Uh, I tried uh, through the congressman and tried through senator, but it didn't Okay, work. guys, uh, there is nothing working. I don't have anything special to offer you guys. Okay. Uh, I tried to do litigate, uh, but I think your firm is not uh, accepting it, right? No, we, 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 we were doing very good last year. We were doing very good, but we had some problems with the litigation. That's the reason we're not doing litigation anymore. Okay. So for so, me, the only option is to try to keep uh, raising the expiry. Yeah, keep trying, keep trying. There is nothing else I can do. Okay. Let's okay. go to the next caller, please. Thank you. Sirishwati. Uh, hi, Rahul. Uh, I think it's my, my question is also a uh, little related to the H4 EAD for my wife. No, there is nothing, guys, that we can do to offer you to expedite other than ombudsman, congressman, and all those things. You no, know, we don't have a litigation. We have a problem with it. You can see our bad <laughs> reviews on the litigation recently. Initially, we did very good. We, you can see the bad reviews uh, on us because of the litigation. So we're not doing any more court litigation right now. We already filed a class action view, so please don't ask me to expect the H4 EAD. I have no other methods other than the normal methods. I used to, not anymore. Next next caller, please. Suresh. Hi, Rahul. This is Suresh, and uh, thanks for doing this. My question and situation is, uh, I'm on L2 EAD, and mm -hmm. uh, it, it expired in the month of February this year. Mm -hmm. And... We applied for an extension last year in okay. October. Yes, and is this about expediting the H4 L2 EAD? No, no, it is not. Okay. Uh, I'd, okay, I'd like to understand what are the options that are available to me. 
the confusion part here is um, while the L2 part was uh, taken care by the employer, uh, including uh, L1A extension for my wife, um, the EAD part was done by me. This was in December. And in February, we received a rejection notice due to incorrect uh, filing fee mm-hmm. on I-539, right? Now, when we went to the attorney, the employer attorneys, basically they say, hey, um, I don't recognize this I-539 because I didn't file it. And I don't know, it may have um, been an error on USCIS So side. let me ask you this question. When did your I-94 expire? Um, February, February 17th of this year. When did you got this rejection notice of I-39? February, last week of February. So by the time the I-94 expired? Yes. You should leave the country immediately. No matter who does the mistakes, you're counting the unlawful presence right now. And if your unlawful presence crosses 180 days, you have a three-year bar. If it crosses 365 days, you have a 10-year bar. So if you file an L2 saying that it's not my mistake, using a non-protect case, not advisable, you should leave the country, go outside the country, get the L2 approval, and then come back into this country. And for L2 approval, basically L1A should be approved, right? Uh, Absolutely, it has to be approved. It has to be approved. But even if it's pending though, I don't want you to stay in the country. I want you to leave the country. Thank you. The last caller today. Let's go to the last caller, Leo. Yes, go ahead. Sir, uh, my name is Veera. Uh, I have a quick question about the interfiling. Mm-hmm. So in the last meeting, you, you have told us that, you know, you can uh, file it through interfiling. Can you please explain the procedure, sir? Use the word interfiling. Uh-huh. Put the receipt notice for which you are doing the interfiling. Okay, I for it by receipt number, yes. And attach the documents, what you're doing for interfiling. And mail uh-huh. it to the address where you mail the 485 application. Okay. Oh, that's all. And uh, that's all. I have one more question, sir. Uh, can I start up? Uh, I got EAD and uh, can I start up my own company and work for that company without working for another company? Are you the main applicant? Or are you the dependent? Uh, I am the main applicant. I do not want you to work, open the company and work for your company. Um, although your wife can, are you married? Yes. Well, your wife can open a company though. Now, we have done cases where the wife has filed the 485G supplement for the husband, but mm-hmm. every time they did, we had to go through and explain to the officer all the okay. details. It took a longer time for them to get the green card though. So in general though, since the projects are moving, I will try to avoid working for my wife's company because if I work for wife's company, I have to deal with the immigration lawyers a little bit more extensively which I want to avoid it right now, okay? Okay, thank you, sir. Now, there are extreme circumstances where, you know, people, nobody wants to employ other than the wife. Yeah, then we told them, go work for the wife. Okay. Okay, then. Thank you, guys. The next Zoom conference will be tomorrow at 4.30. Thank Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.